1: means you are listening to the Mystery of Parenthood. Uh, We're grateful that you're there. Um, Do slow down and take a listen. Um, Get to a safe place, though. Uh, And so we'll begin with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. Amen. Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Sorry, man. <laughs> my wife wish well, she had that capability. <laughs> Probably some of my kids. Yes, yes. Click, you turn it off. Me,
0: I agree. <laughs> I have people in my life that would, uh, uh, would uh, want to uh, do that uh, too. Like
1: to turn that off. But uh, yeah, it's me and Thaddeus today. We're gonna um, we're gonna talk about something I think is really important. Uh, um, something that's obviously been um, on the horizon or in what, what what we've been living through since they came out, but it's the Vatican II documents specifically with regard to the liturgy, Sacrosanctum Sanctum Concilium, which is the constitution on the sacred liturgy. And and I, I think hopefully we'll be able to extract some things that I think we as Catholics need to um, be... Aware of and um, and hopefully put into practice, teach our children and and make the liturgy come alive uh, for both us and for our kids. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to focus on a few things. But I, I, what I was going to start off with, if if Thaddeus would allow me, um, and I'm I've got for two, sure. Two, I, I two, will two allow two, it. I will two, allow thank it. Thank you. Two definitions. I mean, two things that I think are really important. This was the first, uh, the first Constitution that came out of it. It was the first one that was done. Um, and I think it's important to kind of know that, the, okay, the, one of the first intro paragraphs that they put in there with regard to, and I think he's speaking not only to the liturgy, but it kind of lays out what the Second Vatican, Vatican Council was trying to do. I'm going to read. You can look at your translation, and maybe you can see. This is an older translation that I have because I've got notes in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, you want to read yours and I'm going to read mine, and then yeah, or you can see and see what the difference is. Um, So this is very introduction. It says the sacred council is set out to impart on an ever increasing vigor to the Christian life of the faithful. So that's one mm-hmm. it's a it's a list then second one to adapt more closely to the needs of our age those institutions which are subject to change that's two to foster whatever can promote union among all who believe in Christ that would be three four is to strengthen whatever can help to call all mankind into the church's fold and then it and then it goes on that, that that's i think the overarching theme of the of of the uh, second Vatican council just summed up in those couple of sentences. And then it goes into what this specifically is about, which is the liturgy it says, accordingly, it sees particularly cogent reasons for undertaking the reform and the promotion of the liturgy. So, uh,
0: yeah, and I have in my newer translation in the word on fire, Vatican II collection, it goes like this, this sacred council has several aims in view. It desires to impart an ever increasing vigor to the Christian life of the faithful. Semicolon. Yep. To adapt more suitably to the needs of our own times those institutions which are subject to change. Semicolon. To foster whatever can promote union among all who believe in Christ. Semicolon. To strengthen whatever can help to call the whole of mankind into the household of the church. Wow. Okay. The council therefore sees particularly cogent region, reasons for undertaking the reform and promotion of the liturgy. The biggest difference that stood out to me there was that household of the church phrase. I think that's a really yeah, that's beautiful it, yeah. phrase and, and a, maybe a meaningful one when you're talking about the liturgy Yeah, it's more the thing, more the,
1: I mean, the fold I think is more in terms of in that, like what shepherds would do would yeah. bring bring them bring the sheep in. Maybe that, maybe that, I don't know what the word is that they translated there. Nor do I. But, um, but my guess is, is that the at least partially the intention is to make it more a household, not a less figurative mm-hmm. <laughs> um, way of presenting that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's. I mean, basically those things. It's to adapt, then to adapt whatever needs to be changed to the to the time to foster. Uh, whatever can promote union Mm -hmm. to strengthen whatever can help um, to strengthen, I'm sorry, to strengthen whatever can help to call all mankind into the household of God. I think Mm -hmm. I I might have left out the foster. To foster whatever can promote union. Mm -hmm. So it's those four things that I think are really the essence of what Vatican II is trying to do. And then in this particular one, I think there's some really Key points that I think are worth talking about that would that um, that maybe will help us understand uh, a little bit more deeply what's going on in the liturgy.
0: Yeah, and this is an interesting document for the four constitutions because it has the typical uh, Vatican II aspect of being philosophical, uh, kind of lyrical. Uh, theological. It's it's very beautiful to read, and it, um, it reads like, a, it kind of reads like an encyclical. Right, yeah. But then this particular document has an extra interesting aspect to it that it has a, a component to it of very almost legalistic or kind of canonical aspects where it's laying out these new norms for what the what the liturgy is going to be like. And we're not right. going to give focus no. to those today. We're going to focus on the theological and philosophical aspects of the And I think it's important
1: because I think as as Christians, really as human beings, whether, whether we know it or not, what we believe and how it's presented to us and how we receive it is what ultimately flows out in the way we act. Um, whether we actively know that or whatever. So it's important to understand the backdrop i mean kind of the underlying reason for it and what they're what they're attempting to do and you hear it as we go through a few of these articles in the in the very beginning of this yeah uh, that 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 is trying to do those four things that they're that the vatican council is doing with regard specifically to the liturgy And, and the liturgy the, the technical definition is just a public work or a public duty. It's something that's why we have. That's why we call it, you know an obligation that we as um, and it was a word that was in use prior to the church actually using it. Yeah, um, which is very typical of the church. They'll often pull things and say this is what it is. It was it was typically something that very wealthy people did. Not 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 the liturgy in the Christian sense, but in in the world of Greece or whatever where the word was used was often wealthy people who freely did this as a public work for the sake of those who are less fortunate or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about that, that that communicates what how the church views what's going on in that. We are rich <laughs> in in the sense that we are Christian. We are in the body of Christ. We are in his household. And I think it's important for us that we share that and that we participate in what's going on and then go out into the world to bring that to the other to others. But it's something that's publicly done, as opposed to, say, praying the rosary or other devotions that you might have. It's something that we do as a public gathering, typically, with other people in the community, um, to come and connect with one another, mm-hmm. primarily with Christ. So,
0: mm-hmm. anyway, but um, can I say one other one other introductory thing too? Sure. Um, I think it's important to set out before we go into the theological and, and liturgical uh, overview of that that Sacrosanct Concilium presents to say that, despite what people may tell you, or despite what people what you may think. Sacrosanctum Concilium. This document didn't make or mandate the mass as we as we experience it today. It's it, yeah. it, that that mass that we celebrate today had a much longer, uh, more complicated genesis than it just yes. coming directly out of this document from Vatican II.
1: Right, and I think I think it's I think it, it like many documents, they'll have things that they do, but they're 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 kind of putting out. This is what we need to try to do. Because if you remember, I don't know if we mentioned this, but Pope John the Twenty Third, who called, I got that right, right. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, um, they called the council was was very much interested and wanted the focus to be. We're not going to define a bunch of doctrines. What we want to do is actually make it more accessible to those that there might be a greater. Participation, not just not just in the liturgy, but in Christian life and, a, and an understanding of embracing that. What does that look like as we go out into and
0: bringing? Yeah, and bringing that Christian life out into the world. I'm glad you just said that. Yeah. That's yeah, that was it, a big it, big focus.
1: It was a big focus, and and there was concern that there there might have been more of a privatization or i um, I'm not. I'm not in trouble for using this word, but kind of a ghetto mentality. Okay, we're all kind of. We're Catholics. Yeah, bunker but, you mentality. Know, yeah. yeah, we're going to pull in together without as much of a sense of of going out, and that the people that were doing it often didn't understand that were p- participating in the liturgy. Often, many of them did not understand fully what was what was going on, and they weren't participating as the church asks uh, those of the faithful who are at the liturgy to participate in the mass in the divine sacrifice. Um, so, anyway. I think that this next one I think is really cool because I think it points out something that goes beyond just the liturgy, in terms of the view of this. And I'll I'll read um, I'll read this. And number two, it says it's the liturgy through which, especially in the divine sacrifice of the Eucharist, the work of our redemption is accomplished. And it is through the liturgy, especially, that the faithful are enabled to express in their lives and manifest to others the mystery of Christ and the real nature of the true church. So in this properly understood it is it is a representation of what Christ accomplished of the of of his sacrifice on the cross. Not a not a not a um what how it's often misunderstood is like we're re-sacrificing. We're not re-sacrificing. We're representing the perfect once for all sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And it is through that, of course, because Christ is who gained our redemption, that the work of the redemption is accomplished. And the literal, the liturgy, as the church wants to say, it it enables the faithful to express in their lives and to make manifest to others, the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ and the true nature of the church. And I think that that's, part of this understanding that we have to know what we believe and what we're participating in, in order to actually bear, I mean, we can bear fruit by just participating, but the more that we're cognizant of what's going on and what is happening, that we're enabled to go out and to make present in the world, in our own lives, that, and that's what's happening. That's why it's a Sunday obligation. It's a duty, but I've never used that word. Like, We have to go to Mass. It's like we get to go to Mass. That Mm -hmm. there is the center, the source and the summit, which we'll read later probably, of the Christian life. It's there that we come in contact with Christ and his perfect sacrifice and everything that he released in terms of the grace in his his self. We come into contact with that. We come into communion with that. And then we're able— to go out into the world and bring that.
0: So, question for you: <clears throat> Is it proper to say that the passion, death, and resurrection of Christ is liturgy?
1: Who? I don't. Man, that's a good question. Because
0: if if the liturgy is the representation of that once for all sacrifice, that once for and it and it says here that it's the liturgy that accomplishes the work of our redemption, right? And wouldn't that, that would seem to at least yep. imply that the original well, wait, wait. liturgy.
1: Well, I think, I think that it's fair to say that properly understood Christ himself is present in the liturgy mm-hmm. in, 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 I and mean, he's in, the high priest. He's the high priest. He's the one offering that's he's the one acting he and the Holy spirit are acting in and through the person of the priest and in and through us, which we'll talk about. But, But knowing that he, that's what gained our salvation, his his passion, death, and resurrection. And that is made present in a unique way Mm -hmm. in and through the Mass. And so properly understood, that might freak out a lot of people to say, well, the liturgy is that, but properly understood, I think you probably could say something like that and be close if you understood that if christ is our savior and if christ set up this this liturgy and this sacrament mm-hmm. the, um well ultimately let's back up the church what the church says the sacrament of god is jesus okay the sacrament of god the visible outward sign and the instrument by which he accomplishes it, the, the efficacious sign Of God's love for his people is, and of God himself, is Jesus. Right. Right. So he's accomplishing through himself. So he's the ultimate sign. And then he is the bridegroom of the church. And therefore the church is now, he's making himself present to us in and through the liturgy and the sacraments in a way that that's what, so if we understand that he's the sacrament, and he's left these seven sacraments, and the height of that, the source of some of it is what's going on in the Mass, the divine sacrifice, what, the representation of that, then there's a way that I think it's, if properly understood, we could say that is the source of our redemption, because he is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in his fullness, and yeah. offering himself to the Father, the only perfect sacrifice, and then offering himself to us and that we in turn are offering ourselves together with him back to the father.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing I think is really interesting about that, that first line uh, for the liturgy quote, through which the work of our redemption is accomplished. Close quote. I looked at the footnote for that. Mm -hmm. Do you know where that's from? No, uh, I don't. It's from the, it's listed as Secret of the ninth Sunday after Pentecost. So it's actually taken from the liturgical books oh, wow. of the 1962 traditional Latin Mass oh, wow. missal.
1: And so the secret prayer isn't that. That's something the priest would say. Is that right? That would,
0: I, I think. I
1: think so. Kind of under like, if it's
0: if it's not from the if it's not from the because I'm not an expert on the on the extraordinary form. If it's not from the mass books. Certainly, it's from the rubrics, the, or, what, or or maybe from the Divine Office. Yeah, maybe but, for the but, ninth Sunday. But it's it's from the liturgy. It's from the existing liturgy. Right. So 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 the council is quoting from the existing liturgy in order to explain what's what
1: going, what's going on. The truth I mean. of
0: of the liturgy is.
1: And again, this is part of this is part of their goal is to try to articulate what has always been the case, and link the past to the future. Right. They're not trying to. They're not trying to break off from the. Past. That, yeah, that's my point. So they, yeah. they
0: don't see them. It's there's internal evidence to say they don't see themselves as rupturing.
1: No, that's absolutely true. They 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 never did. They just no. said that we've we've got to adapt. And the church has the authority over the liturgy. It's mm-hmm. not that. I mean that that is who. <laughs> they were the ones that, if you think about it, the first the first uh, ma, you know masses were probably in Aramaic um, certainly at once it became you know Roman and and it became the the faith or the the religion of the the Romans, you know yeah, Constantine they became it became Latin, which if you think about it, that was that was actually the language of the time right. That's what everybody spoke
0: right And
1: certainly as a
0: little intermediary step, those communities in Asia Minor that Paul was writing to in Greek, they were probably celebrating their liturgies in Greek.
1: Right. And you got, I think, uh, St. John Chrysostom's probably mm-hmm. in Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, a little ba- bit later on. Basil. Later, yeah, Basil and Gregory all those Eastern fathers. Yeah. The Eastern fathers would have spoken in Greek. The essence is, is you've got a lot of different expressions of it, but the underlying principle is the same. Right. What's going on in the in in the divine liturgy in the mass is this offering of Christ to w- together with His body to the Father, the offering of that perfect once for all sacrifice mm-hmm. to the Father and us uniting with that. So should we keep moving? I bet you are well, going gonna- to because it's one of my it's one of it is it is critical I think to understanding the way. Catholics view not just the church, but really the world, is contained in this. It's I mean I've used it forever. It's been written on multiple times. I can see that. And <laughs> uh, my thing because it because I think this is so. It's beautiful, but it but it actually talks about and presents a way of looking at the church and at our own lives really that is important and critical for Christians to understand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Yeah. Maybe you could read. Maybe you could read this. That it, so, it's the church is essentially both human and divine. Let me hear what you're. What yeah, you're it is.
0: It is of the essence of the church that she be both human and divine, visible and yet invisibly equipped. That should be ringing bells right, exactly. with the uh, pro, the profession of faith. Eager to act and yet intent on contemplation, present in this world and yet not at home in it. And she is all these things in such wise that in her, uh, this is the part I really like. It's so important. In her, the human is directed and subordinated to the divine. The visible, likewise, to the invisible, subordinated to the invisible. Action to contemplation and this present world to that city yet to come, which we seek.
1: So beautiful, essentially the same, but I think the points that are really important here from a the Catholic worldview. Well, this is what we've got to teach our kids. There, there are really two things held in tension here. There, mm-hmm. there, there, And this is so Catholic. It's a both and.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: First, the Church is both human and divine. Mm-hmm. There, there is an aspect that's led by the Holy Spirit Himself. Not an aspect. The whole thing is led by it. But I mean, there's a portion. I don't know if that's the right word, but, but, but yes, it is a human. It is an institution led by humans. It's not a, not a human institution. It's a divine and human institution. Um, and so that tension that we, ha- that we have there is important to hold. But then you have the visible but invisible. You have um, action and contemplation. You have present in the world but not really at home in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and then the critical piece is So you're holding all those things in tensions Right? I mean There are things that tend to seem to be Opposite. If I'm acting I'm not in contemplation. If I'm in contemplation I'm not in action If, I'm, if it's visible it can be seen touch whatever. If it's invisible It's not something that we can see A truly Christian View is you hold these things In tension. They're both there But there's a way you hold it in tension there's a, there's a there's a hierarchy, so to speak. That's the point a, I was gonna right, make. and that and that's the point you were going to make. And I think it is what jumps off very clearly. It's mind says that in her, you know, each of those, uh, the divine to the human, the visible to the invisible, um, the action to contemplation, the in this world but not of this world, in that order, are all directed to directed toward, but yet subordinated to that. In other words, this is why it's so critical to understand what we believe and why we believe it, because it's the invisible stuff, Mm -hmm. stuff we can't touch, I mean, really grasp with our human senses that are made present in and through things we do grasp with our human senses, Mm -hmm. that those things are meant to direct us toward. Mm -hmm the invisible, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to heaven, to contemplation, to uh, the invisible realities that are lying behind it. Mm -hmm. That is such a Christian view. that It's not only that they're both there, held in tension, but actually those things that we can't see, touch, feel, manipulate, (laughs) those things that are constant because they're of God, are the things that should inform... And help us to understand the stuff that we can feel, touch, whatever, and then in turn we have to look at those things we can feel, touch, and those are meant to direct us back to the invisible. And that tension and that subordination is critical to the way we look at life. It's the same. I mean, if if we've talked about the fact that we have to teach our children that when we're at home, it's not just us eight. Or nine, or how many ever we have in our families, it's us eight, and we know they're guardian angels there with us, mm-hmm. right? When we go to mass, it's not just that we're going to to mass to be with all these other people, but instead Jesus is present, the Holy Spirit is present, all those people who've gone before us are are made present in that because they're made present in the person of Christ. So we, ca- I can't see my mother, I can't see my mother in law. I can't see those, but we have to communicate to our kids. They're there.
0: I mean, if it's one eternal sacrifice, it's it's every mass that's ever been said anywhere,
1: stretching backward and, stretching and, forward. and forward, and that that will be said, and that's all there. It's outside of. There's a part of it that we're happy, we're doing it in time, but there is a part of it. It is completely outside of time.
0: That heavenly, it's, it's, invisible, um, yeah, not non, non-earthly non component to it. I wanted to talk a little bit about the word subordinate. We have a tendency in English to think of that as being—that um, the, the connotation of it is inferior or junior or under the, you know, less than. And in the Latin, it's, it's subordinare, which is— under the direction of, under the guidance of, that's that's what it's. It's not that it's not that the human is less than or not not of not as not as important as the heavenly. No, but it's that it's that the the human is is guided by. It's under the direction of the. Right. Of the so heavenly. there's a
1: way of looking at the liturgy. Right? There's a. I think I think that's un, that's the way it's understood. Is you have it's subordinate and like it doesn't matter it's subordinate like it's worthless it's subordinate like oh, we just throwing this in no because Christ came he became one of us exactly so the incarnation communicates something wonderful about being human something amazing he's the the Vatican documents will say he's the perfect human he's he's what humanity was meant to be separate separate from sin in its right. fullness and so so that in and of itself, that God would make himself – that's what you – know, the Greeks had problem with that. The Jews had problem back in the time that there was – it was clear to people what the ch- Christian church was teaching, <laughs> that God became man, that there was this – in one person, these two divine natures that were united <laughs> in a way that will always be that way. Jesus today, in his humanity and in his divinity, is – at the right hand of God the Father right now. Exactly. And so his humanity's been shown to be what it's capable of being. We're not gods. We're only we're there because God has done it, but that's part of God's will. So to subordinate means it's just it'd be like saying, you know, what I want would be my human desires, and I need to subordinate that. What is what does thy will be done mean? <laughs> I mean what it means is I can see what I want, what I need, all these type of things, but not my will, your will be done. At the essence, I think, of of what it means to be Christian is to say there's there's this invisible reality, this being itself that's holding us in being that has a plan for our lives that we have to get in contact with in order to fulfill what we're put on this planet to be—that's—I mean—I—I I, I wrote a note to my daughter. I say it to my kids probably less than I should, but I've said it quite a bit, and we should all say it to our kids. God has a plan for your life. The best thing for you is not what your plan is. The best thing for you is what His plan is. That—that's holding that intention. Yet you have to go to class. Yet you have to go learn. Yet you have to kind of go through this humanity. And there's something beautiful about that but it needs to be subordinated to because ultimately you are your fulfillment your joy no matter what it is whether it's crosses or miracles what it's probably going to be some of both in your life that is what is going to make you joyful because you're going to be doing what you were created to be and that when we do that there's a great line, I think it's Catherine of Siena, you know, that, I, that I've used multiple times. You know, if you become who God created you to be, you will set the world on fire mm-hmm. because there will be something about you, uniquely you. That's the other thing that's so Christian is when they see you, God wants you to be who you were created to be, uniquely you. The saints are not a bunch of re- repeats of of everybody else. They are... Uniquely unrepeatable They are they are original In some sense in terms of them God is, is taking What has been given to you And has a plan For that to have an impact In the world I tell the kids all the time We should be telling our kids this all the time You were placed on this planet at this time With the gifts that you have Because you have something to do mm-hmm. You have something That God put you on this planet To do I mean, as a coach, you know, you you want them to get fired up. There, there, there is a plan
0: mm-hmm.
1: ordered, and all we have to do is submit to that plan. But while we're while we're living out, we do what the next thing in front of us is, and that does not diminish the next thing in front of you. It actually heightens it, and God's going to lead you through that. And the liturgy and this one comment in, in this deal points us back to this truth that our humanity is extraordinarily important because god sacrificed or allowed the sacrifice of his only his son allowed himself to be sacrificed for the sake of our humanity right to to redeem humanity back from the original fall
0: yeah and, I, and it's in the mass it, one, that's one of the primary places where we get the game plan so to speak right right and we also get it from Scripture, right from private prayer or personal devotion, but we can be assured that we're going to get some of the game plan when it, we when we are in the mass. And I think
1: that I, I heard I heard some maybe Dr. David Anders say something that I think is really important. So God gave; He's not bound by these sacraments. It's a gift mm-hmm. that He's given to us. That's right. So that we can know objectively, not because of how we feel, not because of. Good feelings, but objectively, we can know that He is present in this liturgy—body, blood, soul, and divinity. Jesus makes Himself present. God is there with us in the in baptism. God is acting in order to in in the confessional. It's God who is acting, right? And it's because He knows how. What, what it is like to be human That he's given us these things Where we can hear I absolve you of your sins That's Christ doing that I baptize you That's Christ doing that This is my body Christ doing that Him acting in and through Imperfect humans But we can know And, and that's so critical It's not a limiting thing It's a great gift We can hear Those words that point us back to what does it do? It's 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 a visible sign that's directed toward, porting us back to, subordinated to what we know to be true. I mean, I had a a professor that said if we could see what was happening at baptism, it'd be greater than the greatest explosion. There's such a tremendous transformation that happens in that moment. And we have to talk about that, the what we know to be true, that is not visibly recognizable, but is given to us in a way that we can at least have some sense of what's happening in that moment. It's so important as a Catholic to deliver that excitement to your kids. There's something amazing going on in the liturgy and in the sacraments. The most amazing thing is Jesus is himself acting with, together with the Holy Spirit in order to help us work out our salvation in fear and trembling, as St. Paul says. Mm -hmm. And that is critical to doing. If we just go through the motions, if we make no connection between what is really going on there, then that's how people get bored, or I'm not getting anything out of it, or whatever. If we just knew what was happening (laughs) – what was really happening, and that's what they're trying to get across here, what's really happening is something beyond our senses. But our senses are used to kind of point us back towards what's invisibly happening. I don't know. It gets me fired up. But I, I think this, this particular one has always jumped out to me in terms of pointing out to the fact, which, we've, which, which I've mentioned a lot, we have to know what we believe and then have faith in what's been revealed in terms of that revelation, and then recognize it is being connected because Christ has established those sacraments, that that's the means by which normally in Christian, that's the way that, that God is delivering the grace. The other thing that's important here is... I've talked about this before, is a proper understanding of what grace is. Grace is an unmerited gift. Mm. None of this is anything that we deserve or have earned or will ever earn. So it's an unmerited gift. But grace is also that the divine life, the very power of God to help us become more than we would be able to do if we were trying to do it by ourselves. And that's critical. It it. It raises up our nature, not because of something we're doing other than cooperating with it, but because God is doing that. God is not bound by this, right? I mean, there for various reasons or maybe people, he's not bound, He still can deliver his grace to others. But for those of us who know what's going on and recognize that Jesus has established this, this is the ordinary, the normal way in which we gain access, And can be certain of our gaining that access to the grace that can help transform us, the grace that will change our lives, the grace that helps us overcome obstacles or bear heavy burdens. Because at the center of it is the cross, right? I mean, so even suffering becomes meaningful in that. Yeah, I think
0: that this ties to something else that stood out to me to go all the way to the end of number seven. Yes, that every liturgical celebration because it is an action of Christ the priest and of his body which is the church is a sacred action surpassing all others no other action i underline this no other action of the church can equal its efficacy by the same title and to the same degree
1: so so, we, so why would you miss mass There there is nothing more Because if we properly understand what is happening there What he did on the cross For us His resurrection All of that Himself Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Is made present Body, blood, soul, and divinity In and through the Mass And we're there At this offering He's allowing us So even the signs And this is important to talk about You know when 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 they're preparing the gifts and and the priest will add the little drop of water, right? Mm-hmm. It, 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 all that's required of the, of in the chalice is grape wine. It has to be wine and it has to be grape. Often, often it's red to symbolize blood. It doesn't have to be red wine, um, for it to be valid or whatever. But 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 think about this. And even without without that, the the drop of water. That is commingled with that. The little bit is a way of if you and you can show your kids this. It is a way of representing. And in this case, it's it's representing, I guess, um, what is actually meant to happen, which is that's all of our good actions, right? What would you and I see if we didn't know that that water was dropped in there? We would see the blood of Christ. We would see wine it doesn't change it correct and and that's how we should see ourselves but see the fact that all of the good that we've done is just a, a, a mere drop in what Christ has accomplished but it's part of his plan that we incorporate ourselves and in all that we think say and do with that perfect offering and then together with him offer him offer him to the father and us with him and that's why that there's no other place, there's no other time that that is the same. If we pray, that that's awesome. We're, we can be in union with God there, but there's a, there is a singular way that's made present in the Mass, in in that liturgy. And so I think that's really important. Yeah, and what, I think
0: to, to go back to a document we've talked about a couple weeks ago, which is Lumen Gentium, the Constitution of the Church, it talks about how when we partake of the Eucharist in the liturgy, it says we are partakers of his glorious life. We're participating in that life that's to come in the heaven in heaven that's gonna be, you know, perfect and, and perfectly realized, but we're getting a, a foretaste of it there right. in the Eucharist.
1: Exactly. God's God's own life. Exactly. And, and and that's what, to the extent that we allow ourselves to be transformed, the extent we subordinate ourselves to His will, He's offering Himself to change us. And and it's not a feeling. It's that, not a feeling. It,
0: that's why it's important to understand that it's it's an act of when you go up there to receive the Eucharist, it's an act of faith on your part. That having faith that it is what the Church. Or it—it's it, who the church says it is—is right. is how you participate in that divine life. Right. Yes.
1: Exactly. I mean, and and our disposition it doesn't matter if
0: you feel any different or not. That's n- not, not what at it's all. about.
1: Not. It's what it's about.
0: You might right. sometimes. You might be you, graced with that. But
1: absolutely. But but that's not that's not the thing that we can trust. That's not
0: what so active. It doesn't. That's not so what what it's, is activating. It's
1: not like we. No. The, the, the he's acting. Yes. We're receiving. Right. And we're we've also given ourselves. But we that's part of what's going on in the mass. When the offertory mm-hmm. is going up, we mm-hmm. we, we should be mm-hmm. I'm offering everything, all my struggles, I'm I'm offering my entire self, mm-hmm. placing it on that patent with that bread. And that bread that's gonna be transformed into him. I'm offering myself with all my sins, with everything who I am. <laughs> entirely i'm offering that should be something that's an active participation that that when the offering's going up i'm saying i'm that that represents that money or if i put money in the basket or whatever that is just a, a representation of the entirety of who i am i'm offering myself with that that's i think right. it's i think this in seven also i think it's important because it's i think it's been missed or or at least not fully quoted That Jesus is present in the sacrifice of mass, not only in the person of his minister, the priest, the the same now offering through the ministry of priests who formerly offered himself on the cross. So that's what he is the one doing the offering. The priest is. His vehicle, I guess, so to speak, his sacrament, his sign, his instrument, his instrument, Um, but especially in the Eucharist. So. And again, it goes, by his power, he is present in the sacraments, so that when anybody baptizes, it's really Christ himself who baptized. He is present in, in the Word, since it is he himself who enabled, who enabled speaks when the Holy Scriptures are read in the church. And last, he is present when the church prays and sings, for he has promised where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So I think it's important to rep, that it's all there, but ultimately it's because he is there and he is acting. It's our reception of that, and then our to the best of our ability cooperation with that—that's going on in the mass. So, um, yeah, and and when we
0: receive a gift, or when our children receive a gift, we, we would never, we would never teach them to receive a gift and say, "Hmm, I don't know, I don't know if really really want that, or I don't really know if I'm satisfied with that." If if you take that approach to receiving a. a temporal gift or a material gift you're not going to experience as much joy and satisfaction out of being given that that gift as opposed to receiving it joyfully and openly and humbly and thankfully. Right. All of that allow it allows you to receive that gift fully and that's maybe not a great analogy but it's a...
1: Well I mean Eucharist, Eucharist the essence of the word is thanksgiving mm-hmm. right and so That's what's going on here. We're thanking God for having sent his son, for his son dying on the cross for us to redeem us, for allowing him to make himself present in and through the church, especially in in the Eucharist, but also in and through his priests, in and through each other, in and through baptism, whatever. Um, Because ultimately that's what it is, Mm -hmm. unmerited. Mm -hmm. We don't deserve it. He did it because he loves us. So I think part of this, and, and, it, and it, it, later on in uh, 11, I guess, there's a line, and it's talking about the duty of the pastors, but I think what we're trying to get at it says it is important to ensure that the faithful take part fully aware, aware of what they are doing, actively engaged in the right and enriched by it. That's the ultimate end of like what we're trying to communicate here, what the church is trying to communicate is we want our children, we want ourselves to be fully aware of what is going on. We're offering ourselves in our entirety together with Christ in his perfect sacrifice made present again to the father because it's only that sacrifice that is acceptable. So essential to being Christian is understanding is understanding what is going on when that happens, which is why it is so important that we that we do that because the church wants us to be fully aware of what we're doing and to actively be engaged in what's happening.
0: Yeah, can I go up to ten? Yeah, absolutely. Um, ten is where there is the famous location in Santa Concilium of the source and summit language, or the the summit and font, is how it's translated in my version but the sentence after that is really powerful for the aim and object of apostolic works is that all who are made sons of god by faith and baptism should come together to praise god in the midst of his church to take part in the sacrifice and to eat the lord's supper so those that kind of threefold um activity of of the liturgy of the mass that it's we're praising God. We're praising and worshiping Him. We're representing or taking part in the in the sacrifice. That the the, right. the priest does that for us, and we're having that 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 meal, right?
1: And and that's and that's important for us to to understand that we're supposed to know that that's what's going on. You know that that we're not just going to mass and going through the motions that we have. An understanding of what is happening here, when the when when it's read when the word of God is read, when scriptures are read, Christ is speaking to us. Right. We should be attentive. What right. do you want to say to me? Right. right, And that can be either through the word itself read, or it could be through the homily of the priest. But there's something we, we should go expectantly. You have something to tell me mm-hmm. because you died for me and you have a plan for my life. So what is it you're trying to get to me? Right. And then when we get we're doing that – we 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 move to the liturgy of the Eucharist, and then it's about ourselves giving ourselves to Christ, uniting ourselves with his passion, death, and resurrection made present, with his body, blood, soul, and divinity made present in that moment so that it is acceptable to God, not because of anything we've done. All we've done is done what Christ has set up, and we're participating in it. Right. But it is important that we actively are, are making that prayer. It's not about what you get out of – I mean – it is about what you get if you understand that what you're receiving is his body blood I mean Jesus himself is coming into my into my body body blood soul and divinity but it's also very important to understand it's about what you're giving that you're offering your entire self you're surrendering everything back to you for that purpose
0: yeah so yeah and it's not primarily about the communal coming together of the people all being gathered together, and the fact that we're all together—that's not primarily what it's about. It's that we're all together praising Him, because that's forming us as a community, and we're all together taking part in that sacrifice and being having our sins uh, washed away together, and being formed as a church, and we're memorializing that supper together as as right. a community, right, and being right. formed right. through that memorialization.
1: Right, and that, the, the, that memorial, you know, people always say was just in memory of me. Well, the, the proper understanding, that was a type of sacrifice. So when he said, in memory of me, he was pointing to the fact this is a sacrifice right. that is meant to be offered, all right, that I am, am the, the perfect sacrifice. I am the Lamb of God to be sacrificed once for all, that I'm going to make present to everybody, it's it's amazing, and I would challenge anybody to pray to op- for God to open their eyes to the fullness of what's going on and then work at trying to communicate to that to your children what's happening. It's about giving if you, even if you even if you have a bad homilist and a, and bad music, <laughs> if we understand what's going on, I'm not saying that it should we, we hope that that's all there, but even if you do, and you understand that this is what's happening. It should, still should be a joy, regardless of the other aspects, that that, that he is, that I'm receiving him and that I'm allowed to offer myself together with him. That's what it means to be in him. Mm-hmm. That's why it's, it says, I know we're at the, at the end, but that's why it's so important to remember when we say through him, with him, and in him. That's what's happening. We're being offered together with him. In him, through him, and with him. And anyway, I hope you got something out of this because I I just really want parents to fully understand what's going on, to be full, conscious, and active participants in that, and then excite their children about what's going on. But anyway, we're at the end. So always remember, uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. He always will, especially at the Mass. God bless you guys. Our sins
0: forgiven, from the cross to the grave in heaven, from the cross.